welcome to It Takes a Village, a podcast for parents of teenagers. You're not alone, and here we equip you with ideas and resources to help you walk confidently in your role as the primary discipler in your child's life. This podcast is hosted by the youth ministry staff at First Baptist Church Arlington. That includes Kirk Crodel, our youth pastor, Tanner Watson, our guys minister, and me, Chelsea, our girls minister. We hope that this is a valuable resource to you because it really does take a village. All right, hey, welcome to the It Takes a Village podcast. We're back. Chelsea. What's up? Tanner. It's me. Good afternoon. It's afternoon when we're recording. That's correct. We can say that, right? Yes, we can. That's okay. It's going to post in the morning. Okay, okay. Good morning. Good morning, those of you out there in podcast land. Hey, uh, let's, let's, let's start our usual way. Chelsea, tell me something good. Okay, um, <laughs> I have this really hopeful optimism because I have found this product for our dog. Um, wow. I Our dog is a lot, a lot of energy, but I think he wants to communicate with us. So I, <laughs> I bought these, me these buttons oh, I've seen that these. you can program what? to help them learn words. Um, so we've just started with two, but you can find these dogs on the internet uh, who speak in full sentences, like use pronouns and abstract ideas. I mean, it's so interesting. So I'm interested to hear how it goes at your house. Have you seen those collars you can put on your dog and Mm -hmm. actually they, their voice. Are you talking about like the one on up? Oh yeah. Is that not real? (laughs) Is that, is that, oh, sorry. Is that what you're talking about? Eat. Think about Theodore is going to get a hold of these buttons, and this is how Theodore is going to learn, but it's yeah. just going to be very basic. He's going to be like, outside, outside. So. You have to stay inside. You can't go to the bathroom outside. Optimistic. We'll see how good it is. Okay. I'm very curious. Right. I feel like this I needs to wait. be a, a something we keep updating on the podcast, Yeah, how Mac it. is doing with his English skills. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Okay, Tanner, huh. what about you? Man, I uh, just yesterday, Kurt and I got back from San Antonio. I knew I should have gone first. Hey, (laughs) it is what it is. We we went to the Conclave Conference. Uh, It's Texas Baptist Conference for Youth, Family, and College Ministry, and it was a blast. Uh, I had never done anything quite like that. Gone to a conference for my job, so it was great. It was a great time with Kurt. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot. Went to all kinds of different sessions and breakouts Mm and. Um, keynotes, and uh, honestly, it was great. I had some opportunity to worship uh, that I don't get as often anymore, and I had a blast. So getting to spend it with my good friend Kurt was probably the second best part of it, but uh, it, it, it wow. was San Antonio is a great city too. So That's Dinner true. Tuesday oh, man. Uh, was what I was going to talk about, so at least you didn't jump into that. Mm. Tell me something good. We had uh, – let me just tell you this. We walked into this restaurant, and for one – we were going to eat dinner with a friend who went to BUA down in San Antonio, uh, the Baptist University of the Americas. And uh, so these guys knew the like authentic San Antonio mm-hmm. grub, y'all. Yeah. So we landed this place. I don't remember what the name was because Pollos Asados Los Mortenos. <laughs> exactly what that's the place, Tanner. Uh, it sounds different when Jorge says uh. it than it does when you say it. <laughs> it's so, close. Man, yeah. it, was, it was so good. Oh my gosh, y'all. But we knew we were going to get a place because we walk in and outside the restaurant, it's like this this room that's 
you can see through the window and it's glass and there is these ginormous like grills mm-hmm. and chicken just laid out everywhere. Mm-hmm. There was a guy mm-hmm. missing teeth cooking. Dude. He this, had goggles on. They're like ski had, goggles. Yeah. It oh was, my I was like, that's when you know you've landed a good place when the cook has to wear like ski goggles. They, <laughs> I will say for me, they look like tanker goggles uh, growing up in a military home. So yeah, safety first. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew it was going to be good. Wow. It may have been one of the better meals I've had in my life. Wow. At least genuinely. Last it week. was perhaps a top 10 for me. <laughs> I'm so happy for y'all. Thank you. I'm glad that <laughs> Thank was you. good. It was awesome. I hate you missed it. Jorge Rivera, shout out if you're listening today. Thank you for taking us to get good grub. So, okay, that's all three of us, right? Yes, One, that was two, it. three. That's three. Okay. That was hey, all three of us. Let's jump into the topic because uh, this one, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to take a ton of time today, but we want to use our time wisely. Here's the thing I would tell you. I'm finding, and I, I think most of you, if you're listening, you're a parent. You realize this parenting thing can be challenging. It's not the simplest thing you've ever done in your life. It's certainly not, in my opinion, as easy as I thought it would be. Uh, but one of the things that we are realizing as a family, and I've heard this for years, I've seen it, I've even advocated for it as mm-hmm. a youth pastor, but not necessarily, obviously, as a parent of a teenager. Uh, but but one of the things we realize more and more, our students, our children are listening to other people, right? Like we were the primary voice for so long, and we still are. Like our the parents still have a huge have huge influence in the life of our student and studies would still kind of bear out and research would say we're still really the primary voice though just more voices are coming in and so a part of that is just helping to build a network of adults in your child's life uh, just to help speak in and uh, and so a part of that I think you know a lot of times it's it's tough because we want to be the voice like right because we typically trust ourselves right I mean most most of the time we trust ourselves I think in, if I've ever not trusted, some of that has been in the parenting realm. Uh, but we want to be that voice. And uh, one of the things I found, there's a, a book I'll, I'll point to later, Reggie Joyner in this book, and I love Reggie Joyner. Reggie says this, that a time will come when you and your children need other adults in their lives mm-hmm. besides you. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. It's, uh, it's, it's just an interesting dynamic that we live in. And some of that is, I think we can have influence in who we not really allow to speak into our kids' lives, but we have the opportunity to kind of influence that and, and build a network and build uh, into our children's lives folks who can speak in and mentor and just walk the journey with them. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about that is, is and, and one of the things in this book, um, uh, that I'm pointing to, Reggie Joyner, Carrie Newhoff, right, talks about this this question that Andy Stanley, who pastors in Atlanta, who was Reggie's pastor uh, back then, I think still is actually, but Reggie said he walked into Andy's office and was like, hey, my son's not talking to me, so how, how do I fix that? Mm-hmm. And, and Andy Stanley immediately said, hmm, interesting. Well, he said he pondered then said, well, you know, I didn't listen to my dad, and, uh, and I didn't tell my dad everything. Mm-hmm. When uh, when I was that age, you know, did you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Like, I sure didn't. I don't know about you guys. Were you oh. all telling your parents everything at 16 or 13 or no. whatever? <laughs> no. No. I don't, re- I don't remember much from the, those years. I just, 
that that sounded weird. I, I, I just like, <laughs> I don't remember the conversations I was having with my parents in those yeah. years. Is that what I meant to say? Is yeah. I think even with a great relationship, there are things that you mm-hmm. hold back because you're working towards independence and yeah. trying to have some autonomy as your own person. And so even when the parents are doing everything right, um, yeah. It's just hard. That's what I feel yeah. like. I had a great relationship with my folks, right? Um, you know, and that obviously changed, and then it changed certainly after I was grown. But there's a lot of things I was not about to talk to my parents mm-hmm. about. Yeah, know? I think that's normal. Like it's, it's yeah, like Chelsea was saying, it, it's don't be alarmed if your teen is not telling you everything. Like it, you haven't ruined, you haven't, you haven't messed up. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just sometimes how it goes. Yeah. And maybe good, you know. Hmm. Here, here's the Reggie tells his story in this book, and but one of the things he says, there's several things I'm going to point to today that he said. Here's here's what he said at this point. His son had come home late, had broken curfew, and um, and he was like going in, confronted him, and said, "I want you to tell me everything that went on tonight." And he was late from a date, and his son was like, "No, I'm not going to tell you." And so he went back later after talking to his pastor, and he said. This to him, he said, "If you won't tell me, then who will you tell?" Which uh, pretty profound statement. And his son said, "Okay, I'm not going to tell you, but I will tell so and so, who ended up being somebody I believe that was in their church." Um, and I love that. Like I, I would hope that would be the case for my kids. That at some point I would look at them and say, "Hey, if you're not willing to talk to me about this, mm-hmm. who are you going to talk to?" Mm-hmm. And and my hope is. I mean, I immediately right now know of several people. One of them would probably be for for my son, Tanner, because mm. of the relationship Tanner's built with him. But also, I'll tell you this, like, I love for for my son, like his big, you know, mm-hmm. quote, big brother, something we do with our seventh graders. I think Blake is his big. Blake would be a guy he feels like he can, um, he can you know, go and talk to. A couple things, though. I think also, y'all – I'm finding this one, the reality of it, it. It can be pretty intimidating, I think, for your kids to go talk to other people. Sometimes we're just nervous about that because kind of the what if. Like, what if they say something about me that's not very flattering or doesn't look great, you know, on my family? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think, you know, part of that, we just have to set that aside. Reggie Joyner, golly, how many times? That, that may be the key word. How many times <laughs> am I going to quote Reggie Joyner? Trust me, it will happen a lot. This podcast, but Reggie says this: You need to choose to be more concerned about what your kids need as your children than mm. about how you look as a parent. Mm. So, yikes! Let's let's talk about this idea. How do we help engage mm. other people, or help our kids engage with other people, or you could say, use the term "widen the circle." How mm. do we build a network? How do, how do we you build your village circle? How do you build oh, the village? Wow! Good night. Lost opportunity here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> okay, so one of the ways we can do that, right, is just to look at look at your life, look at the people you're already spending time with, and see yeah. who is already in that circle. Um, who are the f- friends and family who are already engaged in your children's lives? The ones who are showing up for things, the mm-hmm. ones who are checking in on them and having conversations. Um, who are those people that you love and you trust and you like to spend time with? Um, that you have similar values with and and share the same faith with yeah. that, that the things that they speak into your children's life are going to be the same or at least very similar to the things that mm. you're going to speak into their life because yeah. I mean I think you said this earlier but uh, 
there are a lot of times when parents tell their children something or try to impress a truth upon them, um, and then they come home from, you know, practice or church or whatever, and they're like, oh my gosh, just, it, Kurt said this, and I get it. And they're like, I've been telling you this for years. Yep. And, it, and so you never know what it is that's going to help it click for them. Yeah. But it's helpful when they're getting the same message mm -hmm. from different people. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, after hearing, sometimes it's just you hear it over and over and over, mm -hmm. and finally someone, it clicks, or it's from someone that your child is in a place and has the relationship with mm -hmm. at that point in that season of their life. It's suddenly it's like, wait, if they say, you know, like – I would yeah. say that like right now at our house, if Tanner said it, that's going to carry weight, probably mm -hmm. way more so than dad. Yeah. You know, and, and let's be honest, that really, that's a good thing. And especially if we have people in our lives that, that, and we typically do, right? The people we spend time with, that we hang out with as families, even most likely share similar values, um, that, that share the same faith as we do. And oftentimes they're in their church, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's yeah. so many things in that. But it does, and, and I think part of that just reaffirms some things for our kids, for them to hear that in different places from different people. Mm -hmm. That you're like, okay, well, maybe my dad's not such an idiot after all. I think that, I, I guess, and this is a little closer to our context, that the, the church is a great place to look for people um, to build this village, to widen yeah. the circle. Um, yeah. Youth pastors, Sunday school leaders, um, just strong leaders in the church. Um, all those kinds of people that uh, your kid probably already knows if they're coming to church mm -hmm. um, and that probably already love your kid and would love to be a part of um, the village that you're building for your kid. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 I think the key here is it, you probably only see them like at most you're seeing some of these people twice a week and yeah. communicating with them is important, but it's important to also have the right amount of communication. You don't want to like tell these people everything that your kid is going through. Because yeah. honestly, it's probably more important that that kid, your kid, tells that person their own story. That that right. kid has their own personal relationship with their youth pastor, with their Sunday school leader, mm -hmm. whoever it happens to be, so they can build that own relationship. And w when you're communicating with them, um, it's it's obviously great to say, hey, uh, my son, my daughter's going through something right now, and I just wanted to give you a heads up. But uh, you, you, you can't just uh, you can't supplement what your kid's not saying with what you think needs to be heard. Yes, mm. yeah. Um, and also, you can't expect that person, like we've been saying, to tell you everything that their kid is saying. Yeah. Uh, now, right. as youth pastors, we have an obligation. Like, if we think a kid is in danger. It's yeah. our obligation to report stuff like that. Right. And all of our volunteers, they're like, they do the same kind of training that we do. They're obligated to report stuff. But not everything is an emergency. That's right. Yeah. Um, and not everything puts your kid in danger. And it's okay for those people to know a few things and not share them with you because ultimately they're probably going to encourage your child to share it with you in the end. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, that's such a good word. Tanner, yeah. I think just to like there needs to that that does not need to be a completely open line of communication. Like everything your child says to that person, you can't go to them and expect, hey, what do they tell you? What do they mm -hmm. say to you? Like that's going to throw everything off. Sure, because you know because part of that, if that gets back to your child, then you you begin to do damage oh, in this man. situation. You've broken a lot of yeah, trust. There's there's trust that that goes multiple directions here. 
And so we have to be careful as parents not to expect that. But I think to expect if there's something that I need to know, you know, to be able to say to those people or invite people, obviously, if there's something that's happened that's uh, abuse or mm-hmm. your child's in danger, your child is in a in just an unhealthy situation, um, you know, certainly we need to know those things. And I think the judgment, again, we're talking about people, hopefully, that uh, we can trust. They're competent. They're capable. They're just good people. Mm-hmm. So they're going to know those things. But we really, hopefully, in those relationships, we're able to have the right trust and, and just the level of trust with them to simply trust that if there's something you need to know, they're going to talk to you about it. Otherwise, yeah. your child needs that safety um, mm-hmm. to know that everything that's spoken elsewhere is not going to act. Mm-hmm. just automatically come back to them. That's a really important point. Mm-hmm. It, here's one of the things I'm learning. Y'all, one of the areas that I didn't really know was going to be the case Again, what continues to kind of season what I'm saying and what's coming floating to the top, you know, yeah. uh, rising to the top for me is that was weird. Um, is now as a you know a parent of a teenager, I don't think I realize the influence. I say that I realize the influence coaches had in my life and so my teachers had in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things I'm now seeing is the influence that some of our 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 coaches are having in the life of particularly my son. And so I would just say that's one of those places uh, that you can kind of lean into that. That relationship is probably going to look different, right. Than it does with people at church or your close friends and your family, things like that. But um, one of the areas, I think just encouraging them and thanking those people that have significant influence in your, your children's lives um, and just in letting them know that, um, just the role they play. And uh, I, I saw this, I told you this earlier, I saw this last night. Uh, we were finishing up. Uh, my, my son finished his last cross-country meet in the fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were at the district meet, leaving, just thanking the coaches and encouraging them. And and one of Kaysen's coaches uh, just had several things, very specific things to say about Kaysen and how well he's done and, and just the the, mm-hmm. the double sport thing he's doing this fall. Um, and I cannot tell you how my son's uh, posture immediately changed. And he kind of yes. floated around as we left and kind of closed out um, the other night or last night. But it's just in- incredibly important the role that those folks can play and particularly if God just chooses to place, you know, the the just the right people, the right time in the life of your your um, your student, mm-hmm. I think again some of that just letting them know, like you said earlier, Tanner, you've got something going on. And I would say this about any of our teachers and coaches, particularly if you have a relationship or at least have some communication with them. If there's something really hard going on in your child's life, you may just let them know, like, hey, they may be a little off. They may, you know, just they're struggling right now. You don't have to tell them what's going on. You don't have to share the dirt on your on mm-hmm. your child, but just making them aware that something's going on. They may be a little off. I think that's that's really helpful. But then I would say the kind of the disclaimer, like don't uh, don't expect those teachers and coaches or go to them looking for this deep friendship. I would say just respect the kind of the the boundary there for their professional and their work life, and so. Mm-hmm. You're not going looking for a best friend. Hopefully, they're probably not needing a best friend. But uh, but I think the influence and the opportunity they have um, to speak into your, to your child's life can be really important. And it was for me. My, my head football coach in high school just had a profound impact on several of us. He was a godly man who really genuinely pointed us to the Lord and to our faith. And so it was a really cool thing. But 
Hey, let's talk about a couple of things, just ways maybe we can help as we engage the village for our kids. Um, and so one of the things I would tell you is this, just invite um, a group of people to pray for your child mm. in a specific time, maybe each week. And I've said, I've got a prayer app that I use. It's called the Echo app. I believe it's what it's, Echo Prayer, something like that. But mm-hmm. it's one that, it's really a calendar you can put stuff in. It just pops up reminders. So I use that, but I also have just a different calendar I've created on my on my phone, on my, my Outlook calendar. It's just a prayer calendar that I had stuff in. Pops up. It has reminders. But one of the things I've done in different seasons in our life is ask people to pray at a specific time every day for, uh, or maybe every week for, um, for us and for our family, things like that. And so I would just tell you maybe that's one of the things you could do is just create uh, or kind of create a list of people. Who would you invite in to mm-hmm. your child's life? The people that are significant, that know your kid, that love yeah. your family, uh, that would just be prayer warriors for mm. your child. And so then just inviting them. For for me, I've used like anniversary dates. You know, mm-hmm. people ask people to just pray weekly for my marriage. And so um, our anniversary is, is, uh, is the 9th of October. And so, um, so we've like, 10-9 is 10-09 in the morning is when I've asked people to pray for our family and for our marriage. And so maybe just doing something like that for your child. And maybe that's, you know, that's cool. a certain time of day. And, yeah. uh, and so for me, that's an easy way to put it in my calendar, but to ask people to pray for maybe for your child and just mm-hmm. kind of pr- create just a prayer team around your child. And then I would say just update them. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's monthly. I would say that's not necessarily every week. Sure. They don't need to know everything that's going on. They don't need every detail of your child's life. But if, if once a month you were able to send a text or an email out to them and just say, hey, there's some things going on in my child's life. Would you just be praying over this over the mm-hmm. next month? Um, I, I just believe there's potential for huge work that the Lord can do because you're surrounding people uh, mm. or surrounding your child with people in this village that can really pray over and intercede on behalf of your children. And I think that praying, like, and hopefully you'll hear this a lot on this podcast, uh, praying is powerful. That's something that we, I know we all believe here at First Baptist Church of Arlington that uh, the prayer can really surprise us. And if we're praying faithfully, um, the Lord can do some really cool things. So uh, hopefully you'll hear that a lot. And I think mm-hmm. that um, the answer that you often hear when um, someone asks, uh, can I help you? Is uh yeah you can pray for me and that's like kind of a joke but uh, uh maybe you can take it seriously yeah, um, yeah. sure uh, it's it's something that uh like I said hopefully you'll hear it a lot on this podcast but um that's something that we do for your kids regularly is praying for them mm-hmm. yes we do and we've had parents use that kind of prayer calendar format before um so yeah I have a a time slot where I'm praying for one of our graduate girls every week um. And so that's, yeah, I think that's really meaningful because that that turns the hearts of adults towards those yeah, students really um, yeah. and helps keep those students fresh in their mind. And so the next time they see them, um, they've already, you know, been praying, been thinking, mm-hmm. and just been endeared to them in that time. So. You know, if you're on the praying end of that, I would mm-hmm. tell you this, too. Like, one of the things I've done, and I have friends that, that often do this for me, is just, hey, it's, you know, this time of day. This is what I'm praying for you this week. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning, a couple of my friends that I pray for at 945 on Thursday mornings and just whatever reason today, hadn't done, hadn't texted them this in a while, but just reminded him, hey, man, praying for you and your bride today. Um, and so just, yeah, keeping that mm-hmm. 
on the forefront, but that's a great way just to encourage folks. And, and man, what a blessing that is for us, you mm-hmm. know, for me, when I hear that from people, because good night, it, um, I need that. And I just covet that for folks to be praying for me. Mm-hmm. Now, let's jump into mentors. We're kind of okay. kind of wrapping up here. Uh, another thing I think you've just got to help seek and be intentional about seeking mentors for mm-hmm. your children. And again, um, a part of this, you're not necessarily signing up, you know, a life coach to to spend you know time <laughs> right. with your child every week. And, and again, this is not going to guarantee that these are the people that your child's going to go to. But I do think we can be intentional about inviting people to speak into our our children's lives. Um, Carrie Newhoff, one of the stories I've heard him tell is about when his child, his son, oldest son turned 13, and he made a list of five men that he would want to speak into his child's life, into his mm-hmm. son's life specifically. And he asked them over the summer after his son had turned 13. And so here I am uh, this coming summer, summer my son's 13. And so mm-hmm. as, as I read this, I've already started making that list. Who are Five men I really want to speak into my son's life. And he just asked them to spend one day during the summer uh, with his son. And um, and then he asked two things of them. Number one, to impart one spiritual truth, something faith-based. And then number two, to impart one life truth. What's well, just a good piece of advice for life. Um, and it's pretty cool just hearing the story uh, of uh, of how that impacted his son. And then now he's done that with his other son. The end of the summer, he just invited them all to come to dinner together. Mm-hmm. They just shared uh, and spoke into his son's life again. But just, just again, creating space, and I would say kind of opening the door for your children to have the relationship with some of these people that can speak into their life. Um, and some of that's just you're creating a bridge you know, for your child. It may not be a bridge that they use very often. It may yeah. not be a bridge they use. It may become a really well-traveled path for your mm-hmm. child. But I think some of this is just creating pathways for your child to engage with the community. Mm-hmm. Again, we can't we can't facilitate and put, put walls around it necessarily. That's just not realistic. Uh, but we can kind of help create pathways, and I think that's one way that that would be awesome to do. It's something I'm intending to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, maybe next summer I'll report back to you what's going on as we've invited folks into to our son's life. Yeah, another way you can do that is to ask someone to just spend intentional, consistent time with your child kind of for a season. Maybe that's um, that they're going to have breakfast together once a month or get coffee after school, um, whatever it might be. Or maybe it's that they uh, are going to go spend time with them to learn a skill or a hobby. Um, So maybe that's we're going to we're going to work on this classic car when you come oh, over on Saturdays on. or mm. we're I mean, going to go fishing and, you know, talk about our day while we're both looking forward and not making eye contact or <laughs> we're going to uh, learn how to make sourdough bread, you know, yeah. different things yeah. where I mean, you're spending to time learn. together doing things, um, but also getting to have good conversations and, and invest time together and just learn both uh, a skill to, to do and mm-hmm. about just life in general. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, I think, one of the things in that I think about this, like there, there are hobbies, there are things maybe our kids want to learn about. Mm-hmm. And we just, we don't, that's not us. Oh, yeah. And so sometimes it's a great opportunity for us to learn something or to kind of jump in with your child. Mm-hmm. But but it also may be a great opportunity that you know someone, it's somebody kind of within, you know, this circle of people you really trust and know that maybe you can invite them kind of mm-hmm. jump in with your child 
and speak into their life and that and teach them something or they can, you know, work on something together. It could be a really cool opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And none of this is like, we're not trying to replace parents here. That's right. You know, this is like just a positive influence. And I think once you do find those mentors or that mentor for your child, something really practical and really easy is just getting your child's schedule organized. And I think this is even easier in today's day and age uh, like we already know, um, uh, when all the graduations are, yeah. um, we already know when, when, when a season starts, we already know when all the games are and all the recitals and all that stuff. Um, and something that you can do really easily is put that all in a calendar, whether it be digital, physical, whatever, and just give that to that person who mm-hmm. is mentoring your child and say, Hey, this is all the stuff that my son or daughter is doing this semester, this summer, uh, this year, um, mm-hmm. and say, it would be great if you could show up. Uh, and that puts it on their radar. Yeah. Um, it's pretty low commitment for you. It's it's pretty easy to put that stuff together just looking at kids' calendars. Um, and it might actually be good for you to know. <laughs> All collect all the that's, that's stuff true. that your kid is doing in one place. <laughs> really good things, um, but that's like pretty low hanging fruit. Um, I know something that um, is low it, it is great for us in youth ministry is just showing up. Um, mm-hmm. And when we show up, um, it's very easy to tell that it means something um, yeah. to these kids. Yeah, yeah. Really and, you know, just to follow up on what you were saying. Um, Research has shown that the biggest indicator on whether or not a child's faith um, continues on after they graduate and leave home is just the influence of godly people in their life. And Mm. so um, the ideal number for that is seven. So if you've got two parents, that means five more adults who are actively involved in your life. Um, And so, yeah, that can include grandparents and aunts and uncles and teachers and coaches and Bible study leaders and pastors. But, um, yeah, seven is the number. The ideal number. And so all of these ideas are just ways that you can incorporate that. But having adults as part of the village is what helps children become adults who have deep faith. Mm. That's right. That's you know, we had, we had, I had lunch, um, I don't know, two weeks ago, I guess, mm-hmm. one of our parents in our ministry. And I loved what this dad told me in, in speaking about his daughter. He said this, she knows what she's got with us, but she needs more. And I'm grateful for just that perspective mm. for that parent realizing like there's so much we can do. And and then he, he said to me, he said, you know, because really he said, my daughter's pastors are Chelsea and Carrie. And mm. so, you know, um, for Chelsea is our girls minister who really is a pastor to so many of our students and mm. our girls. Uh, but also Carrie, um, <laughs> who is what she's in, uh, you know, role as a D group leader. Mm for uh, for this you know for this student and so I'm so grateful to God for the people that we kind of are are able to uh, to to put into the the circles really and in, in with our students but uh, but for the opportunity we get to do that what a what a unique seat mm-hmm. that we sit at as as youth pastors and so uh, what a cool thing that is how about resources as we uh, finish up today? What what are some things we could point families to that might be a help? And it's kind of broad um, that, uh, but I, this is the, what I thought was most useful today was uh, youth.gov. 
is a website. Uh, it's a .gov website. So that means that it's uh, public and um, it's not, they don't make any money on you going to the website, um, which is <laughs> a positive thing. And uh, they've got tons of resources for all kinds of different situations. Um, and while researching for the, these podcasts, I've been visiting, visiting it uh, frequently just to uh, get my mind turning. Uh, but some of it is like actually content geared towards youth uh, and teens. Um, and some of it is geared towards parents. So uh, I f- have found it to be a great resource. Awesome. Chelsea, okay. you got one yes. that I love in your hand. I have a book. It's called Sticky Faith by Dr. Kara Powell and Dr. Chap Clark. Um, and Man. it's an excellent read about just raising up your children to have faith that lasts beyond them living in your home. But there is uh, specifically a chapter called A Sticky Web of Relationships that talks more about this idea of building a network of adults to speak into their lives. And so lots of really great practical ideas there, too. And Chap Clark, Kara Powell, anything by those guys. Just, just tell excellent you, researchers. Just grab it. Hey, then I've got one, Parenting Beyond Your Capacities, a book that we have offered to parents, have encouraged parents to read through the years. But, uh, it just The subtitles Connect Your Family to a Wider Community. Reggie Joyner, uh, that's reference 32 of the day and Carrie Newhoff, uh, who's a pastor and does a lot of leadership stuff. Uh, just great resource, I think, for uh, for us as parents and just helping us to, to kind of understand this idea of creating the village yeah. and, and kind of widening our circle. So, uh, man, as we close today, let me just say this to you. Parenting is not for the faint of heart. Uh, and I continue to find that out. It's, it's really a tough job, but I would also tell you this. God has uniquely prepared you for it, and you really do have what it takes um, to shepherd and to raise up your kids in a way that honors God and helps them become great folks. Um, you can't control the choices they're going to make, right? Uh, but you can point them in the right direction. You can create a great environment for them. Um, and, and that certainly doesn't mean it's going to be simple, but uh, you have what it takes. And then I would tell you this, like, you can do it, and we can help. That's one of the things that we're committed to mm-hmm. as, uh, as a youth staff and as our church. Like, you can do this, but we want to help you. We want to walk beside you. Uh, so remember, it really does take a village. Thanks for listening, right. y'all. Thanks, guys. Thanks.